Chapter Four of Tracked by a Tattoo by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Four: Another Discovery. Informed of this astounding fact, Garth stared at his friend in blank astonishment. The detective resumed his cigar and waited. "'You cannot be in earnest,' said the barrister after a pause. "'Why not? The theory is feasible enough. It was proved at the inquest that the man died from blood poisoning.' "'Yes, but it might have been administered in the liquor. The pair had drinks, remember?' "'I have not forgotten,' said Fanks quietly. "'But on your part remember that no trace of poison was found in the stomach?' while the blood was so corrupted as to show that the deceased had been inoculated with some powerful vegetable poison there was no mark on the body save the cross on the left arm and by your own showing it was not there when fellinger went to tooley's alley the assumption is that it was done there as is more than confirmed by the presence of gunpowder again according to mrs boazoff there was no struggle therefore the deceased must have passed away quietly my inference is that this negro desired to kill sir gregory or else he was instructed to do so by someone else who wished for the death of your cousin what then so easy as for the negro to have a poisoned needle prepared to execute the tattooing quite unaware of the danger fellinger for some unknown reason would permit the insertion of the fatal needle as the work went on he would gradually be inoculated with the poison when the gunpowder and acids were applied the job would be finished and he would pull down his sleeve quite ignorant that to all intents and purposes he was a dead man then he sat and chatted with the negro till the end came when he sank into a state of coma and died when certain that the death was an assured fact the negro took his departure oh it is all as plain as day to me all excepting one fact and that fact why did fellinger get a negro in tooley's alley to tattoo him garth reflected i can only conclude that a secret rubbish said fanks contemptuously you and your secret societies i tell you that is all nonsense even assuming that the cross is an emblem of some association which i do not grant for a moment we have proved that it was not tattooed on your cousin's arm when he went to keep his appointment therefore he could not at that time have been a member of your mythical society if on the other hand he was being made a member a ceremony which could not have taken place in a low pot-house why should he be killed these societies admit living men to work their ends they have no use for dead bodies that's all true enough Fanks we must reject the idea of a secret society but in an affair of robbery and murder in such an affair the method of procedure would be different a bludgeon a sandbag a knife any of these weapons if you please but if this negro had designed to rob fellinger he needed not have ingratiated himself into his confidence to permit the performance of so delicate an operation as that of the poisoned needle no we must reject that theory also then what do you think was the motive of the murder i am not a detective out of a novel mr garth ask me an easier question he rose from his seat and began to walk to and fro the whole mystery lies in the tattooing he muttered to himself 
if i can only find out why sir gregory permitted that cross to be tattooed and why he went to tooley's alley to have it done i shall discover the assassin hersham has a tattooed cross on his left arm said garth perhaps he can explain the riddle perhaps he can perhaps he can't returned fanks sharply the coincidence is certainly curious i shall see and question hersham but there is much to be done before then you must help me garth i am willing to do whatever you wish my friend ah said fanks with a smile you have a touch of detective fever i suffer from it myself notwithstanding my experience the unravelling of these criminal problems is like gambling a never-failing source of excitement and like gambling chance enters largely into their solution i don't see much chance in this case don't you think again why the very fact that you and i should know that hersham has a tattooed cross on his left arm is a chance such knowledge which is mere chance knowledge might lead to nothing on the other hand it might help to find the man who killed your cousin surely you do not suspect hersham certainly not why should i suspect him on the evidence of the tattooed cross for all i or you know it may be a simple coincidence such as crops up constantly in real life no i don't suspect hersham do you suspect anyone i don't suspect any special person of committing the murder but i suspect some people and particularly one individual of knowing more than they choose to say but i suspect some people and particularly one individual of knowing more than they chose to say but this is beside the point i wish you to help me by all means what is it you want me to do you know the chambers of your cousin by my desire they have been in the hands of the police since his death fellinger's valet is also there detained by my desire now i wish to search the chambers for possible evidence and to examine them you must take me there at once is it necessary when by your own showing you are all supreme already my friend said fanks solemnly it is my experience that when the lower orders to which this valet belongs come into contact with the detective they are quite useless as witnesses for the very simple reason that the presence of the law paralyzes them to avoid this danger you must introduce me into the chambers as a sympathizing friend only you can question the servant in my presence and having got rid of him in the meantime we can search the chambers together but the police may recognize you the police have their instructions they will recognize me as mr rixton of west end garth fell in readily with this scheme and together the two men left the club as they proceeded along piccadilly the dead man's chambers were in half moon street fanks resumed the conversation from the point where it had been broken off you have answered my questions capitally garth now as we are working together i shall reply to anything you like to ask me the barrister restored to a sense of importance by the thought of the part he was about to play in the forthcoming interview with the valet availed himself readily of the opportunity of learning the plans of the detective banks had no hesitation in confiding in him as foreseeing that garth would be necessary to the elucidation of the mystery he wished to interest him in the case as much as possible he was well aware that garth was not the man to give up an idea when once it had fixated itself in his head and his present idea was to investigate the mystery of his cousin's death with characteristic wisdom fanks who never wasted a person or an opportunity 
made use of this new factor in the case to further his own ends such economies aided his frequent successes in no small degree what are your plans asked garth taking advantage of the permission as yet i cannot be certain of them but so far as i can see at present they include the search and examination of chambers in valet a conversation with the landlady of the red star a visit to taxton on thames and an interview with dr renshaw why the latter gentleman because renshaw is too confidential with mrs boazoff because he was too conveniently on the spot at the time of the murder for my liking and finally because renshaw had a cut-and-dried theory of the motive of the crime prepared on the instant you don't trust the man i think that his conduct is suspicious but i do not accuse him of anything as yet he does not look like a man to be feared said garth disbelievingly he was very timid in giving his evidence at the inquest that is one reason why i mistrust him dr renshaw is acting a part but i am unable to say whether he is mixed up in this especial affair i have my suspicions but as you know i never like to speak unless certain garth looked curiously at the detective you hint at the guilt of mrs boazoff he said doubtfully do i then i should hold my tongue there is no doubt that the negro committed the crime in the way that i told you of but i believe that he acted as the agent of a third party not mrs boazoff i wish to find out that party to hang him or her as an accessory before the fact you can't hang him or her perhaps not but i can imprison him or her do you think that mrs boazoff knows the motive of the crime banks reflected yes i think she does he said quietly it is my belief that the motive for which you and i are searching is to be found in the past life of mrs boazoff her past is known to the police is it not it is known for the past twenty years only she appeared in london twenty-one years ago but who she is and where she came from the police know no more than you do and how can the motive be found in garth said fanks pausing touching the other with his finger i have presentiments and premonitions these rarely deceive me in this instance they point to mrs boazoff do not ask me why for i can tell you no more but i am sure that we are going forward on a dark path at the end of that path we will find mrs boazoff i never thought that you were so superstitious fanks i do not regard myself as so i assure you but and here fanks became emphatic i believe in my instinct in my presentiment garth walked along in silence rather inclined to ridicule the apparent weakness of fanks however he judged it wiser to keep these thoughts to himself and merely asked another question relative to the negro i am at a loss about the negro said fanks as i do not know where to search for him under these circumstances i think it necessary to follow the clue i hold in my hand the going of your dead cousin to tooley's alley to keep his appointment how do you know that it was an appointment i learnt that much from mrs boazoff she said that the white man came first and was asked for by the black man that is an appointment and i wish to find out who made it how can you discover that well i hope to do so by searching the chambers of your cousin there must be a letter or some sign whereby fellinger knew where to meet the negro the letter may have been destroyed possibly 
from your knowledge of your cousin's character would you think it probable that he would destroy the letter making the appointment no said garth after a moment's thought if the appointment was made within the last month i should think that the letter was still in existence on what ground asked Fanks eagerly well gregory used to read all his letters and then drop them into the drawer of his desk at the end of the month he went through the pile and the letters that were worth nothing were destroyed so if that letter making the appointment is in existence it will be in the drawer of the desk good this is a chance i hardly hope to have chance again yes chance again replied fanks good-humouredly how many men burn their letters but for the fortunate circumstance that your cousin saved his for a month it would be almost hopeless to think of gaining a clue but now there is more than a hope provided that the appointment was made by letter of course assented fanks gravely we must always take that into consideration but a question on my side did it strike you at the inquest that there was a resemblance between doctors renshaw and binjoy i can't say that it did renshaw is much older than binjoy and he wears a full beard whereas binjoy is shaven clean still they are both burly both have fine voices and indulge in long words and stately johnsonian dialogue you surely do not think the two men are one and the same i have such an idea said fanks dryly strange as it may appear but as my opinion is mainly founded on your description i may be wrong at all events renshaw goes to india next week if i find binjoy in the company of sir louis fellinger after renshaw's departure i shall admit my error otherwise well i must get to the bottom of the matter i have only seen each of them once said garth so do not depend altogether on my powers of description i won't i depend on nothing but my own eyesight for instance if i see a black man wearing a green overcoat with brass buttons i shall have a reasonable suspicion that i see the assassin of your cousin hullo what's the matter for garth was leaning against the iron railings of green park with a look of dread on his face by heaven thanks you may be right about what about renshaw and binjoy being one and the same man indeed what makes you think so asked fanks dryly because binjoy has a negro servant who wears a green coat with brass buttons end of chapter four read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california